Here I am again on this another segment of uh, procrastination. I just finished talking to you about the meaning of the of procrastination. Is procrastination an act of laziness? Yes. Does it have to do with your emotion? Yes. I shared with that with you a couple of minutes ago, and I want to also share with you. Um, what feelings do we get when we get when we procrastinate? <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Well, procrastination produces a false sense of control. Yeah, that's why I, I told you it has to do with our mood. You know, sometimes we can be deceived with our mood. You better believe that. <laughs> You better believe that I, I am. I'm, I'm. I have learned that in. in um, I've learned that a long time ago. When we think we're in control of tomorrow, uh, or what our mood tells us. So, so here is what I'm saying. We think we're in control of tomorrow, or we think we're in control of the situation. The reality of that is that, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, no, we're not. We're not. And so many times we find ourselves in a situation where we think, oh, I can handle this. And indeed, we cannot handle it. We cannot. And that's what makes this very worse. So procrastination produces a false sense of control. We're not in control of anything if you don't really become very conscious. First of all, procrastination gives us the impression that we're in control of tomorrow. It does not take into account the uncertainty of life. That anything can happen within a certain minute or second. So if we knew for certain that tomorrow will come, perhaps we'll put up some things, but who knows what life holds past today, past this hour, past this moment. No one knows. And that's why I love what the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Um, you got to read that. It's it's very important. And the reason why I say you have to read that is because it, it teaches us truly that many of us who, who boast of tomorrow, who think we're still going to be there tomorrow, we may be lying to ourselves because tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, please understand this. And I'm not trying to scare you. Tomorrow is not a promise. It's not a promise to you, it's not a promise to me, it's not a promise to anyone. So we cannot we cannot be going around and think we have we have power over tomorrow when we don't. Here is what the Bible says. Here is what Solomon says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Oh my goodness. Did you hear that? Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no one knows what tomorrow brings forth. So if this is what the Bible says unto us, and we as Christians believe in this and believe in this, Scripture uses 18 different metaphors to remind us the transitory nature of life. For instance, life is like a vapor. And life is like a vapor. It can be now, in another minute, it's gone. That's what the Bible says. 
so so scriptures have used so many things at least 18 different metaphors to remind us of the transitory nature of life one of them is life is like a vapor here one minute and gone the next who will try to build their future on a vapor can you when I waited for a few seconds to see, to see if you can answer that. Can you? Of course not. And I can either. I can either. So, so if this is it, that will be a foolish prospect instead to assume we can put off until tomorrow. That we should do today is a prescription for remorse, possibly eternal remorse. The Bible tells in the book of uh, in the book of Gospel of Matthew, chapter six, chapter six. If you have the time, you got to read that. This is also worth reading. In verse thirty-four, it says, "Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof." So it's never a promise to us. It's never a promise to us. Even James, the apostle of Christ, our own James, who have a part in the written of the Bible, missed the opportunity to watch and pray with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know that? Apparently, he learned his lesson. So in his letter to the churches, he warns us about the presumption of thinking we're in control of tomorrow. He says unto us, life is like a vapor that that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. That's verse 14 of the book of James chapter 4. Are you putting up onto tomorrow what can be done today? I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to remind you that it is not a good thing. No, it is not. It is not a good thing. Or a decision to begin working as a committed disciple of Christ. You're trying to say, oh, next year I'll start going to church. Why next year? Why don't you start today? Or next year I'll get involved in the church. Why next year? Why not today? Or next year I'm going to change everything about my life. It's a new year. Why wait until next year? Why Why do you think you will have to? You will see next year. You, you've heard what the Bible says here. That our life is like a vapor. Hmm. My goodness, that's scary. That's scary. You hear the gospel presented regularly in church or in radio, and you keep telling yourself you need to respond and get things settled with God. If you are putting this up, you are building your future on a foundation of vapor. You do know, or rather, should I say, maybe I shouldn't say you do know. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. Today is the day for salvation. Let's assume you have absolute control over tomorrow that you know exactly how many days left you have to leave, there is still a problem. You know that. The problem is you don't know whether conviction will ever touch your heart again. Meaning your heart could be numbed. My God, this is scary. It is scary. We've known the meaning of procrastination. We've seen the signs between procrastination, uh, behind procrastination. Now we see spiritual meaning behind procrastination. 
So if you are still one of those that is putting up things that needed to be done today for tomorrow, do you realize now that our life is like a baby? So which means we don't know what's going to happen in a few minutes, few hours. There are many people who wake up this morning and will not last through the day. It's not a curse. It's not a curse. It's going to happen. I, but I've never seen anyone who says, I'm, I'm not going to make it out through the day. I've never seen anyone. That's the part that only that God kept for many people, for a lot of us. Only few that are very closer to him that he shows this to. My mother knew when she was going to die. When I was very sick, she fell and she hit her head. And the last word I heard that she says was, I don't think I'll make it. But you guys should stay together and stick together and love yourself. My goodness. That word is haunting me. I must confess to you that's a, that's a haunting word. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Do you know when you're going to die? No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And you know what death means? Death reveals so many secrets. <laughs> and it brings people that are far away closer. So, what are you going to do if you know when you're going to die? Listen to me. Even when the doctor says within a year, they don't know the exact date. The doctors that says that also will die one day. The most powerful person in the world will die one day. Let me just simply tell you this. If you don't know God now, you're wasting time. There is no better time to know God, ladies and gentlemen, than now. I am, I am, I am urging you to come close to God. God is waiting on you. God wants to see you. Devote your life to God. When I say that, what do I mean, Pastor Gabriel? What I meant is this. Pray consistently. Look for a church that is Bible-based. Get involved. Don't just go to church. Get involved. Begin to trim your life in a way that God wants it. I know we're all still struggling. I'm still struggling with so many things in my life. I, I, can, I, I can assure you. I'm still struggling with so many things. I had a dream the other time. Let me tell you this. I got to confess this. I had a dream a couple of days ago. And I was in a garden. And and this, and this voice says to me, I want to show you the sin of people. The many people that are around you who have sinned so desperately. Let me show you. And I'm going to show you by the size of this clock. The hand, by the hands of this clock. If this clock turns faster, then that means they have sin. If it turns slowly, it shows that they are still in motion of sin. And if you keep running uncontrollably, they have seen too much. And the Lord shows me some people that I see the, behind of the clock rolling and rolling. You know, some people it wasn't rolling too much. And I say, okay, fine. I mean, I thought I would beat this. And suddenly the voice the voice is my aren't you aren't you gonna ask about yourself? You know, I, I I know me. I I didn't ask. So I asked curiously. I said, Yeah, I'd like to know. When the man shows me the clock, the hand of the clock was so unstable. It was running so fast, faster than everyone that I've seen. I said, Oh my god. I knew, but I never knew I was this bad. <laughs> And it's true, I went on my knee and I started praying, God, forgive me of all my sin. I say that to say to you, we're all in this boat together. Let me pray with you, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch our soul and our heart. 
draw us closer to you because we want to know you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.